Thanks again for being here. It is Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. Another great guest for you, Polo Rio Tate. She's an actor, artist, author, and sexual assault advocate. And she's going to talk about something that people often ignore, their own self-worth, and most important, positive self-worth. According to Polo, no one can take your joy, but you must work at it. By the way, still some Skype audio hits on this episode. Again, all arable, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And let's not wait any longer to hear it. Episode number 89 begins now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. It's our second day of recording from the Athena International Conference in Hudson Valley, New York. And of course, we have another great guest on tap for you. Her name is Polo Rio Tate. And like me, she is into the world of acting. Of course, she is way above the level that I was at. But as Polo told me, we're going to bring her in in a second that there are really no levels of acting. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. So that really made me feel good. And anyway, uh, she has a lot of great stuff that is even beyond the acting. She at one point had appointments at the United States Military Academy at West Point and the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And we're also going to dig into her dynamic gritty and honest debut memoir, Deep Dark Blue. And Polo does a lot of stuff. But, you know, as you know, on the podcast, I bring my guests in as soon as possible. So Polo Rio Tate, welcome. Thank you for taking time out of the conference to talk to me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. It is. It's really great to have you. So but there's so much to everything that you've done that I'm not even sure what the starting point should be. So I'm just going to give the floor to you and have you detail your story and your journey for our podcast listeners. And again, Polo, welcome. Thank you. It's such a good question. Where to begin? I would say let's begin right here and now in this moment. And I have to just start by saying thank you so much for having me this conference and Athena International and getting to experience it on a cellular level in person has been one of the most transformative, incredible honors that I've had in my life. And just to see the bevy of women and men surrounding us and coming together for this co-creation of just epic proportions has been incredible. And it, it does, it makes you reflect on, on your own story. I think you touched on it before. I was born and raised in East Lansing, Michigan. I was a driven child ever since tumbling out of my mother's womb <laughs> way back when. Um, an athlete to the core, very physical. I loved the integration of my mind, body, and soul. And I wanted my lifestyle and my work and my hobbies to reflect that, this all-encompassing seen life experience to be able to experience everything in the moment, which is the only place that we really can create and have all of our power and experience our life. So I went after what I wanted. I think my parents were so brilliant in letting us know, both my sister and I know that we can do anything we set our mind to do. And so I did. I wanted to go 
to a service academy. I wanted to go into the military. I loved people and I wanted to profile for the FBI. And if you go through a service academy, then that is the path of least resistance and most vetting <laughs> that you can establish a career working for the government. And so I went after it. I, I earned appointments to both West Point and the Air Force Academy, like you said, high school with a lot of drive and determination and keeping focus during a time when most kids are having fun and, and figuring it out. And I played volleyball for the Air Force Academy. And when I showed up basic training, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. The culmination of my dream, the ultimate team for our nation in protecting and serving and doing good work around the world. And much to my incredible devastation, my experience at the Air Force Academy turned out to be the absolute opposite. And it was devastating. During my freshman year, I was sexually assaulted not once but twice by two different people. And the physical, brutal violence of that, the emotional fallout of that, the social destruction and team destruction and life destruction sort of crumbled my dream into rubble. And after fighting it for a long time and trying to stay there and trying to do my job, I ultimately had to leave the Air Force Academy, sort of uh, broken spirited, broken mind, body and soul. And the story of Deep Dark Blue is really not only what had happened and, and, and the buildup of who I was in order to get to the Air Force Academy and what had happened at the Air Force Academy, but then how to find your joy when life comes for you. Because we all have our stories. I'm certainly not alone in having to face adversity for the love of God, just being at this conference and, and witnessing the incredible women tell their stories and tell about their life and about going after what you truly desire. We all face adversity. And it is such an incredibly profound thing when you can find how to navigate those landmines and those obstacles to to actually deal with life and find your joy and seek fulfillment and understand your power and your self-worth to live an incredible life, both for yourself and the ripple effect, of course, for everybody around you. And we're going to have a link to Deep Dark Blue, of course, in your resource section and make it easy for people to pick up their own copy of the book. But let's talk about the experiences and what it has done to put you on the mission that you are on right now. And I'm just reading from your bio directly here. She is a passionate public speaker with a mission for all to see, feel, and understand their own self-worth, empowerment, and value. So speak to that. And what does that mean to you? I think <laughs> very humbly, it means everything in the world <laughs> to me. I think uh, today I, I have the utmost opportunity to speak on how to live authentically. And I was thinking about this last night, actually, how your authenticity is not only consummate freedom for your life, but it's actually the only freedom in our lives. Um, for some reason, it made me harken back to Nelson Mandela's story and the fact that he was sitting in a, in a South African prison for 27 years, and yet he reached a point where he felt free. 
And I think a lot of us walk around in the prison of our own making. Since we take ourselves with us wherever we go in this world, we are the only ones who sort of lock the cage around us by not allowing ourselves to live authentically. And I think my mission through going through what I experienced at the Air Force Academy, through losing my sister in a tragic accident when I was seven, and finally exploring, turning on the flashlight and shining them into the dark and gnarly corners of my mind and my memory and dealing with the things that I never wanted to deal with because they were so painful, you finally understand that if you don't embrace all of yourself, then you're trapped in a prison of insecurity or fear or guilt or shame anyway. In order to understand your self-worth and the fact that we're worthy by just being here, there's nothing that we have to prove in order to earn worthiness. We are worthy by being in this life experience. And the journey to get to know yourself wholly and love yourself unconditionally is the most profound journey that all of us can take. It's my own personal love to to witness people do what lights them up and to, to watch them find and talk about and do and experience what lights them up, what they really love. And in terms of being able to speak now and, and to collaborate with people and to listen to people's stories and to feel the energy in a room of people when we talk about life and how to find our joy, which is the most basic thing that any of us could talk about and yet we spend so little time on the being and so much time on the doing and what we can accomplish, etc. So being able to get a chance to do that through this book has been the ultimate gift of my life. And I've found my purpose in being exposed to that. So it's been a really amazing ride thus far, just in life in general, but also with this book to be able to then allow that to be a safe space that I can hold for people then to share their stories. Because it's certainly not about me and my story. It's so beautiful. It's such an honor to hear others. We're all in it together, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, Paul, I have just to say that I am very sorry for your tragedies in your life. And I want you to maybe take the microphone over for a second here and talk to people that are telling themselves a bad story right now. And it's always a story that starts with I'm, and then usually there's something negative that follows that. I'm not enough. I'm this, I'm that. And as you said, it's the thinking that the self-worth, you don't have self-worth because of things that you do, et cetera. So could you address people that may be feeling that way right now and give them some action items to get out of that negative mind space? Oh my gosh, absolutely, a thousand percent. And we all do it, right? We all find ourselves trapped in the comparison game and looking externally for validation as opposed to looking internally to what's really going on. And it's always a good indicator with how you feel. If you are feeling that and you are hearing your self-talk and your and your coaching <laughs> of yourself, if you're speaking to yourself the way that you would never speak to another soul, then start there. For me, I used to just berate myself in terms of not being perfect enough, whatever my definition of perfect was, not having been productive enough, not having accomplished enough, achieved enough. You know, we all, like you just said, we all have those diatribes that we berate ourselves with every day. And the 
biggest, biggest, there were three things that helped me immeasurably. And if one of them helps one person, then I'll, I'll feel like I've, I've done my job. But the first thing is to get present and get silent and really breathe and not only listen, but hear and focus on your breathing. Some people call it meditation. Some people call it mindfulness. Thank God it's starting to come out of the woo-woo realm and starting to get more mainstream because it honestly is something that we must practice every day. The ability to sit quiet with ourselves it is a tremendous skill. And most of us are so busy and so worried about our output that we don't take the time to, to press pause on our life and sit in a quiet room with our eyes closed, focus on our breathing. The second thing that I have found that is utterly immeasurable is putting my hand over my heart, feeling it beat and asking myself out loud, how do I feel? And then answering it. I had spent, I think the majority of my life never having asked myself that question. It was always, how should I feel? What should I do? Um, what do I need to, to be and do in this moment in order to achieve the mission at hand? It was always some future thing or some past thing and not the present moment. How do I feel now? And really establishing a lexicon for what we are going through emotionally. So many of us, if we've experienced pain or tragedy or everyday life, we we want to disconnect so badly from the feeling of pain, either emotional pain or physical pain. And when we do that, we disconnect ourselves from our bodies, our life and the present moment. And the ability to really put your hand over your heart and ask yourself how you feel, it's like a GPS navigational system where you're inputting your current location. It is your current location. And it is the only way that you can then find a route to a better feeling coordinate. So it's essential to actually know how you feel and, and develop a lexicon for that. Be able to describe it, if not to another person, to yourself so that you know where you are. Then when you know which, what you want and where you want to go, you have a clear route to get there. And the third thing that I have found absolutely essential, these are three things that I do every day, by the way, is to move my body, is to really integrate your mind and body. We are so analytical and so logical and, and everything tends to bend towards our brain as opposed to our heart. And if you can sort of come down from your heady space sometimes, you know, analyzing, well, what did I do wrong in that situation? What do I need to do? Comparing yourself with other people's lives and flipping through Instagram and watching the highlight reel of other people's lives, feeling like you should be doing more and being more and accomplishing more. If you can sort of take the time to, to drop into your heart set and into your heart space and sort of come from a place of compassion and love, first and foremost for yourself, you will be able to navigate and understand that you are enough. You are worthy just by being here. Your authenticity and who you are is your absolute gift. And then feel good in your own skin and take that out into the world and watch how the world becomes this magical playground of, of life.
Well, I'll just have to say awesome to those three things. I think they'll help anybody out that's listening, especially somebody that's in a negative mindset right now. Let's get into the last few minutes of the interview here and the last few questions. So in addition to Deep Dark Blue, of course, which we will have a connection to that book on your resource section and also your website and all that other good stuff, but what are some other resources you think people should plug into? First and foremost, if anybody is struggling very acutely and they feel like they're a danger to themselves or they feel like their self-talk has gotten out of control or even our habits of soothing, how we try to feel better have gotten to a dangerous level, there are resources out there. And in the back of my book, I list them prominently that will help you. One of the ones that I have become most connected to is RAIN, and that's the National Sexual Assault Hotline. They just got the DOD contract to deal with military's rampant problem with sexual assault and and sexual harassment. But ultimately, it's a kind space and a friendly, open space to seek help. So first and foremost, never be afraid to ask for help. There are angels out there at every step of the way. And if you call for that, they will show up. So with every book that I sell, I tend to donate a dollar to Rain to further their cause. And other resources, there are incredible, people are amazing. With the Me Too movement, there have been so many that have, so many women that have found their voice, not just in the in the arena of sexual assault and sexual harassment, but in the arena of knowing their worth and Understanding that our voices, individual, idiosyncratic, quirky, weird, all of the constellation of attributes that make us who we are individually are beautiful and necessary and so, so, so appreciated and valuable. So there are incredible authors out there. There are incredible speakers out there. At the Athena Conference, we've been exposed to incredible resources <laughs> of, of women who have overcome every adversity that they've faced in their life to go on and do amazing things. Martha Mertz's book, Becoming Athena, is just incredible. Must read. Must read, a thousand percent. All right, Polo, as we round into our last question here, I want to remind the audience that you're listening after the Athena conference is over, but you can go to womenreallymeanbusiness.com or athenainternational.org and you can get connected to next year's conference and as that approaches you'll be able to see where and when the Athena conference will be next but Paula let's hand the mic back over to you I start with the guest I end with the guest and I would like to give the floor back to you once again and have you address the audience with whatever you want to talk about so Paula Rio Tate the floor once again is yours wow that's a pretty open-ended question (laughs) I have to say thank you. What an opportunity. If there's anything, I think that when I was seven years old, as I told you, my my sister was killed. And at her funeral, there was this beautiful older woman who knelt down beside my little child body. And in the echo chamber of my despair, she whispered, no one can take your joy. And at the time, my child brain didn't have a clue as to what that meant, but I got goosebumps up and down my body and I knew that it was more profound than I was able to to understand in the moment. And the journey through deep dark blue and and coming into a lighter space and coming into my own in a way where I am now has absolutely 
afforded me such a brilliant opportunity to to understand that we are responsible for our own happiness. We do create our own world and it is possible in take ourselves with us wherever we go to create a joyful life full of utter fulfillment and that no one can take your joy. And it is the journey to to get to know yourself wholly and love yourself unconditionally is the most profound journey that we can all take. It allows us to live authentically. It allows us to understand that we are our gift to the world, that we do live our purpose in every single moment when we are our authentic selves. And I think on the heels of the Athena conference, it is probably one of the most profound tenets that that Martha has, to which Martha has introduced us all. And it's such a beautiful opportunity to be able to speak on it, but but also to live it and to try to live it every single day. Well, Polo Rio Tate, author, actor, artist, comedian, performing all over New York City and Los Angeles, and a passionate public speaker and. More than that, somebody that's passionate about humanity, and I just really appreciate you taking time away from the conference. I know that you're missing out on stuff right now because you're doing this interview, so it's deeply appreciated, and Polo, thank you. I enjoyed the conversation. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. Honestly, what a great space you are holding to have conversations like these. It is so vital and so important and so appreciated. So thank you. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Mecca Santana is an expert in diversity and inclusion and has seen both move from when they were done in a reactive way by organizations, but both are now evolving to a proactive space. Find out how being proactive benefits your business. Here's a little bit from Mecca. There has to be courage in this conversation. We have to have a dialogue that's productive. And again, always tied to, at the end of the day, how does this work? How does this evolve conversation? How does the embracing and valuing of diversity and inclusion help us be an organization that is more efficient, more effective? How is it going to help us be the employer of choice, the community partner of choice, the consumer's choice, whatever it is, depending on what your industry and organization focuses on. When you share the show on social media and we hope you do use the my athena hashtag lowercase my and then athena is all uppercase hashtag my athena let's share this with the world